you are working me into the ground and you aren't showing me that you're like appreciative. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations. I'm your co-host, Michelle at Modelly Michelle. And I'm Dana at It's Dana B. And as always, we are here with another episode for you guys. And per usual, we're excited to be yeah. here. I'm excited because this is juicy. Yes, yes. So we're going to kind of do a little spin on couch therapy. So if you guys don't know, we typically have couch therapy episodes where we go in depth based on like questions you guys have asked us. And we still definitely want to do that. So and we're going to continue doing that. So if you can, please be sure to send us any if you have um, any advice questions that you may have, like whether it's regarding relationships, friendships, life, um, anything like that, just be sure to DM us at rantsrevelations.tv or you can, you know, send us a DM individually or just reach out. But today we're going to actually read out some that we have found and we're just going to talk about them. And there is a strong chance that we may only read one and go ham on one. So <laughs> no expectations, just listen in. Spirit leads us. Yes, exactly. So let us go ahead and jump right into it. So this one is coming from, we want to shout out the websites that we're finding them from, yourcorporateblackgirl.com. I think my boss retaliated against me because I told on her. Ooh. Okay. Recently, the VP of my company called me, in, and this is what the person has um, said. Recently, the VP of my company called me into a meeting to offer me a different position within the company. In a separate meeting, my VP and I discussed my current duties, and she asked why I had been working so many hours in the past month. I told her it was because I got an influx of work and asked my supervisor if I could work overtime, but she denied me. My VP explained that she talked to my supervisor about that and said that she should have allowed me to work the overtime versus risking getting burnt out from trying to do it all in short span. Fast forward. The day before I was um, assuming my new role, the VP told me she changed her mind about giving me the job because she feels I wouldn't be able to handle it anymore. I later found out that my supervisor and VP had a conversation to had a conversation two days before I was supposed to assume the job. Not only has that opportunity been taken away, but my supervisor will not give me my old responsibilities back. The two coworkers I trained to take my job over have their own duties plus my work, but even still, she won't return my duties and has assigned me to menial work. She also does not speak to me, and I almost think she avoids me. And just recently, she sent a team email and left me off of it. This is her second time doing that. What can I do? Do you think my boss retaliated against me because I told on her? I'm frustrated and feel that I am outnumbered. I apologize. I apologize that this is so long. Thank you. Girl, it's not long. We needed all the tea to properly assess the situation. Right. Your manager sounds petty and passive aggressive. It's so crazy because I feel like there are a lot of managers that are like that. Right. I think people, okay, in my mind, corporate America has led us all to believe if you are a good individual contributor, meaning if you do a good job in your role, suddenly you're good at managing people. Right. And I disagree with that. If we look at sports, a lot of coaches have played the sport and they weren't the best, but they end up being really good coaches. So you may not be the best at your job, but you know how to motivate people. You know how to gather people around a common goal. You know how to manage up and help someone, you know, maximize their potential. So 
you can't just get someone who has been working in their own lane for two, three, four, five years, and all of a sudden you give them five direct reports and expect them to be good at it without the proper training of how to manage other people. Right. Hello. Hello. Mm. That is so crazy. And for her specifically, I think it's just so interesting how people can just they take things to heart so easily. Yes. The fact that the manager like instantly like got hot, stopped speaking to her, left her off of emails. Like, is all of that necessary? Especially because like you still have your job. I feel like work should be a place where you're able to have constructive criticism and not feel like you're always offended and you're going to lose your job. Yes. I mean, if she had blatantly said, oh, well, the manager is trash and this, this and that, then maybe I get it. You still shouldn't do that because you're a manager, like grow up. But I get if you feel some type of way, like, girl, is you coming for my job or what? All she said was, was that, listen, sis, I want, I wanted some overtime and she refused to give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's getting hot. Now, granted, we don't know what the VP told her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what the manager said um, to the VP after she found out because obviously something was exchanged because she ended up not getting the role. Right. But I feel like, and you know what? This is why HR exists. Exactly. Exactly why HR is here. You need that barrier. Yes, because all of that friction can go like, and look, it's a VP, a supervisor, and an employee. Yep. You're a VP. Why are you in the... I was just about to say that. Why is the VP telling the supervisor what the employee said? And why is the VP telling the employee what the supervisor said? You're in a higher role. You need to act accordingly. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, y'all are... I'm going to say you guys are all wrong because from the letter the person wrote in, she didn't say that like she had an attitude or, you know, she was saying like, I didn't get the promotion and I was trying to get my old duties back. I would have been like, I don't want my old duties back. I want the promotion. So what's up? Right. (laughs) You You know what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what's so crazy to me? The Mm -hmm. older generation is always like clowning us millennials like, oh, we're always leaving jobs. We're always jumping this, this, and that. We're not serious. We're not committed. And you wonder why. Because you make it like a living hell to be there. Oh, just because you dealt with it for 50 years doesn't mean I have to. Sally, geez. Very, like, facts. Facts. And then it's even harder to see when a baby boomer is in a managerial position and they treat us as millennials. Does that make sense? Like, you're in a manager position. You should carry yourself accordingly. But you just as petty or just, like, get out of here. Ugh, that really... That really sucks. Do you have any specific advice that you would give her? Like if she was a friend and she told you that? I do have some advice, but before we go to the advice, one thing I learned at my first internship is that you never really know what management is dealing with. So I could go into my own internship story and how that was a big lesson learned because (laughs) the decision makers came up with a decision that didn't make sense to me. Mind you, I'm a sophomore in college. Who did I think I was? I don't know. I'm a naturally curious person. So I was, you know, talking to the powers that be like, hey, originally you said A, now you want us to do B, but I really don't understand why we can't do A. And here's reasons one, two, and three. Very logical Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I'm intelligent. I know how to speak my mind. I know how to communicate. It wasn't like I was being disrespectful. 
But girl, the powers that be did not like it. She was upset, livid. So they had a whole <laughs> meeting. <laughs> they had a whole meeting. And we had a one-on-one and she basically was like, well, you don't understand why we didn't do B. And she told me why, which after she said it, I understood. Someone passed, actually. And they had to go to a funeral. So it made sense. Yikes. Yikes. Be awkward. Be awkward. But (laughs) (laughs) with me sharing that, what I'm trying to say is that taught me that, like, you never really know what pressures management is feeling. You never really know why they're telling you to do what you have to do. And they can come across to us as though like they didn't think it through. They don't realize why this is too much responsibility or why this will take longer in the time that they expect me to complete it in. But typically middle managers have pressures and deadlines as well. So my first train of thought is maybe her manager denied her the overtime because of budget constraints. And instead of saying like, hey, I would love for you to have overtime. We just don't have it in the budget for this month. She just said no. So now she looks like a bad manager. And when she found out that the employee was upset or said something to the VP, she kind of feels like, dang, you stabbed me in the back. I was, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. So now that's probably why she's retaliating, which doesn't make it okay. But I'm just saying, like, I've learned when managers are asking me to do something, even if I don't understand, to give them the benefit of the doubt that I probably don't know the full picture or all the details, and to just trust that they're leading me in the right direction until they've proven that they're just not a good manager. Maybe they've set me up for failure before, or the the relationship has been rocky, but maybe that's why her manager is upset with her. She kind of feels like she snitched to the VP when she didn't have other options herself. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I think that's really good advice. And it's good to like, think of it from another perspective, from the other person's perspective, because we tend to kind of be in our own minds, mm-hmm. our own head, I should say. And we're so focused on like, oh, why did she do this to me? Why did this happened to me? But it's like, well, here's why it could have happened. Maybe, you know, while you're dealing with stuff, she's dealing with stuff. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think that's why communication is so, so, so important. And I feel like HR should low key. I mean, if your company has HR, um, and this is me speaking in general, should low key have like different like programs or like maybe like a communicate something to where there's like some type of educational material that's passed out to managers, to employees to really show the importance of communication. Because I feel like so many things in the workplace can be avoided mm-hmm. if people actually opened their mouths and spoke and said how they felt mm-hmm. in a respectful manner, of course. Right. Um, and I feel like clarity is also not usually given either. Yeah. There's just so much that goes into it. Like, as you mentioned earlier, there's just some, like, I feel like there's not enough training. There's more so like, Hey, you've been doing this for so long. Here you go. And I've dealt with that before where it's like, okay, well you happen to be the one in charge. You can just manage these people. And the person is completely trash. Right, right. So they may be awesome at their job, but managing other people is just not their specialty. So I feel like that's where the um, head honcho or HR should come in and be like, okay, you know what? You're fumbling the bag. Let me help you figure this out. Exactly. No, I- That's what the VP should have been doing. Hello? Exactly, exactly. I thousand percent agree with that, which makes me constantly think like, if I stay in corporate and I climb the ranks, like, do I really want to be a manager? Or am I happy being an individual contributor? I come in, I leave, I do my work, 
and no one's asking me anything. No one's offended. No one, I don't have a budget to manage and try to figure out who gets, it's, it's a lot of responsibility to be responsible for others. So that's my personal thoughts as I'm trying to think, okay, what's next in my career? But I will say, my advice would be to communicate, just as you mentioned earlier, Michelle. If you set up a meeting with your manager, like, hey, I just want to, and maybe an apology is not necessary. I honestly don't feel like the manager is owed an apology, but it sounds like the person who wrote in really likes her job and liked her role. So maybe she just wants to apologize to make her life easier. Like, hey, I just wanted to set some time on your calendar to discuss um, me speaking to the VP about not getting overtime. I really apologize if I stepped on your toes. That was not my intention. I was just trying to be honest and then take it from there. Say, so-and-so forwarded the email that you sent out. I know you probably didn't mean to, but I just wanted to bring to your attention that I didn't get that email. Is it okay if I help person A, the person that I train with this responsibility because I know how to do it and I'm good at it? So I say all that to say, one, set up a meeting with the manager apologize if you have to I know it sounds sucky because a lot of people don't want to apologize if it's not their fault but sometimes you just got to eat the frog right which is a saying that means you just do the hard thing to get the result you want <laughs> and three volunteer to take on more responsibility so you can either ask the manager directly if it's okay for you to take on more responsibility or since you train two people to take over your role you can just say hey I know you have a lot on your plate are you okay if I take over A just to make your life easier? I like that. And I really like the um, part that you mentioned about like just reaching out and like, for example, the email addressing different things, right? Like that's something I would do. I would make sure that you know that I realize that you're petty. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that email never got it. <laughs> hey, that meeting. In a very nice, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you didn't mean it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Must have completely missed like my, like, listen, I get it. If you missed my name, completely right. understand. but at the end of the day, I still didn't get that email. How about you send it to me next time? Thank you. Cause I work here. Appreciate it. Right. <laughs> so I'm joking, but like, I feel like you could of course do this professionally, like as Dana was mentioning, but anything that you noticed that would impact or hurt your performance, mm -hmm. mention that. Hey, didn't receive that email, you know, I really would have appreciated if I would have gotten it. Or can you um, just, I don't know, I guess it's kind of weird to tell your boss to like, make sure she like CCs the right people. But Or like, hey, that meeting, I, I realized that I wasn't invited to the meeting. Can I know why? Just little things to show because I feel like all of those things can be documented and you can have that in your mind opposed to not saying anything. And then your manager will just keep on running over you. Yep. yep. Like, oh, she didn't say anything. Right. Well, didn't, <laughs> that's her business. Right, didn't respond to this email, bloop. Didn't right. come to this meeting, bloop. Meanwhile, she was being petty and wasn't including you. Yep, yeah. So That's very good, Michelle. And I know in a past episode, I mentioned a brag book. I would also, so if you keep your brag book in an Excel document, create another sheet within that same Excel file and create, I don't know what you would call it, but maybe like a complaint file. And I would just keep a record of every time that my manager tried me every time, the date, the time, exactly what they did, what you tried to do to address it and what the end result was. That way, when it's time for your performance review, you can have your receipts. And if anyone was there, if anyone was included in a meeting, if anyone walked by when your manager was being sassy, I would note it 
in quotation in quotation marks. I would note it in parentheses so that if ever I need a witness, I know exactly who I can go to. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I feel like when you work in a corporate job, like sometimes you don't really walk into a position thinking that this is something that you have to do. But I feel like the more corporate, the more you have to have your stuff together because people be trying to run over you. Yes. Especially yes. being young. Oh, and a woman. And black. And black. Listen. And depending on your role too, if you're like, listen. Um, another terminology I learned in corporate is CYA, cover your ass. That's it. Always period. cover your ass. Like keep receipts, keep documents. I keep everything, y'all. And at the current firm I'm with now, I use, I used to love Excel, but now I use OneNote. I, listen, dated, time, screenshots, it's all in my OneNote. And I make sure not to email it because for most companies, your manager can review your emails. Um, so I don't send in any emails, but it's in my OneNote. So if ever I need receipts, I'm ready. And don't get me wrong, I have a positive relationship with my manager and I think it's going to be a very good relationship. I pray it stays that way and gets better even, but you just never know. So don't ever put anything past anybody. Make sure you have it in writing, okay? Good one, really good. So let's go to the next one. We're gonna keep it corporate because I feel like we're flowing, right? You know, it's not relationship stuff. It's a little different. And I feel like this is stuff that we like talking about. So let's keep it corporate. All right. Keep Next one up. Keep it cute. Keep it cute. Keep it corporate. Hello. Shoulder shape. All right. <laughs> I have been with my company for two plus years now. I have been fortunate enough to have received two promotions within that time. Claps to you, sis. Recently, there was a position that went up within my com- my department. Excuse me. And myself and my other coworkers applied. Gratefully, I got the job which left a bad taste in a lot of my then coworkers, now subordinates. Hello, she clarified. Now subordinates. (laughs) Saying subordinates. Very Very. What is some advice you can give to someone who recently got promotion and has to manage people who were once her peers? The tension is clearly there and I don't know how to maneuver this space. That's tough. That is tough. I have not been in that position. So I'm like, Ooh, what would I do? And what's so interesting, and I feel like what a lot of people deal with, especially being friends with the coworkers and now being in charge, is just that dynamic, that friend-manager dynamic. Because I feel like balancing the two is very, it's a very, like, interesting space. Very delicate. Very delicate? Yeah. Yeah. Very, when I tell you like the finest of like cloth or tissue, very delicate. Yeah. Because you don't want to come off as like that, like all of a sudden, like you were just like kikiing with us and like cursing out the other manager. And now you, <laughs> now you brand new. Manager's back. Right. But you also want to like effectively do your role. Mm-hmm. So to her, I would say like, again, if possible, and if you're comfortable, try to have that uncomfortable conversation with your coworkers. Yep. You know, and just let them know, like, hey, I noticed something's a little off. Just want to let you know, like, I'm not here to like be some type of like, you know, I don't know, like bad manager or something like, but I am going to do my role. 
Mm-hmm. But I just want to let you like be transparent about like saying like, hey, I noticed that something's kind of off and I want to make sure that we're working effectively together. Because at the end of the day, this is our bag. Right. And I think mentioning that, depending on who your coworkers are, they may not understand. You may have to rephrase it. Right. But people know at the end of the day, we try to make this money. Right. So let's try to be happy mm-hmm. and make this money because I want us all to like continue to be promoted, move up and different things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's excellent advice. Um, if it were me and I became manager. So one, I, I remember when I was in high school working in retail, I saw this dynamic play out and it usually was retail. Oh my gosh. I love retail y'all. If retail paid me six figures and I could work like nine to five Monday through Friday, and it could be high end luxury retail, I would do it. I love retail. Love it. I know most people, they're like, I could never go back to retail. Once I'm done, I'm out. I'm like, no, I love it. I would, I would absolutely do it. I just don't know. And a lot of store managers make six figures. They make good money, but I don't want to be a store manager. I want to be the sales associate and the cashier so I can keep you with my coworkers. Cause that's like 50% of the job. <laughs> and then make the six figures. And cause I was going to say, like, if you do like luxury, like you said, like, I feel like you can definitely do that. Yeah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, but <laughs> I know, like in another reality, it right? Could, another it's, reality. It's, what, I, what I should say is, it's possible. You don't want to do it, obviously, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. If only I didn't have to be a store manager, I probably would seriously consider it, and I could have consistent hours. But anyway, um, I've seen this dynamic play out, and it typically did not play out in a positive manner. So my first thought would be to buy lunch for everyone on my team, on my direct reports. I would buy lunch. We'd have a scheduled lunch meeting and I would bring in a mediator. And the mediator would be there for us to have this conversation like, hey guys, I've noticed that a lot of you aren't happy with the fact that you're now reporting to me. And I don't apologize for my promotion, but I want you to know that I'm here to do a good job and I'm here to make sure that I help you get to where you want to go. It's never my intention to act like I'm better than you. But at the same time, our relationship dynamic has changed. So first of all, in work, I'm not your friend. Once I'm the manager, we can't kiki anymore because there's that level of respect and boundary that we need in order to be successful at our job. However, outside of work, if you still want to like grab lunch or grab drinks, we can do that. But if it's going to be too difficult for you to keep that distinct line in work and out of work, then we can't be friends. And I'm okay with that. But we need to figure out how to work together in a respectful manner. And I would have the mediator then come in, do some group exercises. And hopefully, if not everyone, have the majority of the group understand like what the relationship is going to look like going forward. And for the person who still chooses to make the relationship awkward or difficult, I probably would then try to do a one-on-one with them. And then after that, it's really like, I'm going to let your work speak for itself. Because if you have a negative attitude towards me, it's going to come out in your job. And then I don't have to do it because you're going to get yourself kicked out of there. Bye. Good stuff. That's really good. Very professional. Mm -hmm. Very effective. Yeah. That's really good advice. That's really, really good advice. Good luck, girl. I would not like to be in your shoes at all. That's a lot. But hey, if you were promoted, that means people saw something in you. Just please be a good manager. Like being a people manager is hard work. You are now responsible for the success of your direct reports. And if you make them look good, I mean, 
Well, typically they say if your direct reports make the manager looks good, look good, then the manager will make sure you look good. But maybe you have to extend the olive branch and go out of your way to give your reports, you know, credit for work that they've done or like send out a group email congratulating them so that they, they see you're on their side. Yes. So take that extra step and kind of go, I wouldn't say above and beyond because I feel like managers should be doing that anyway. And I feel like there's so many managers that aren't and they just expect the morale of their team to just like be on hundred percent all the time. You are working me into the ground and you aren't showing me that you're like appreciative. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So there's so many little things, like you said, like the lunch and like, you know, shouting out in, I don't know, team emails and just different things like that. Like just showing your team that you notice that they're actually doing their job really well. Yeah. I love a good team exercise. I love orientation. I'm sure you do. It's my favorite part of a new job. Orientation, holiday parties. I love a good icebreaker and team exercise. I'm sure you do. I am 100% sure you do. You give me that energy. All right. (laughs) Last one. All right. So I am a new employee first month in and already I've noticed some racial comments that make me uncomfortable. I just got out of grad school and this is my first full-time job. So I don't want to mess this up. When I hear insensitive comments, how should I confront it when my team hasn't even had a chance to fully get to know me yet? Also, we mostly work on Slack. So Slack is like a, um, kind of like a group me for work, basically. How can I approach these conversations online when I know it might be screenshotted and shared? She says it's going to be recorded, screenshotted, and shared. Right. And I think what sucks too is that she's also new and this is her first full-time job. So it's even more like, you know, like sensitive because it's like, dang, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Ooh. Um, I don't know. You know... I think, so I want to keep it real because I can easily say, reach out to that person the first time you notice something and say something to them and let them know. I can say that, but honestly, what I would do is, is I would just be who I am and continue to observe. And I would continue to like make note of different things that are said um, because despite popular belief, there are some people who make racially insensitive comments and don't even know they're doing it whoa which i think is like beyond me but people are really like trash and don't know that they're trash Mm -hmm. nevertheless Mm -hmm. i would continue to like make note of it and like keep it in my mind and notice because and notice and then once i notice that there are i wouldn't say enough that's built up or until i feel like okay you know what this is really impacting my work I would a hundred percent like whether it's reaching out to someone else or just making someone aware and being very intentional about how I phrase everything when I'm sending that message, because if you're going to screenshot me and like try to use it against me, I want it to be like written out as, you know, perfectly as possible. Yep. You know what I mean? And then go from there. Um, that's the first thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. That's real advice. Just kind of sit back, observe, and then when you decide to send that message, make sure it's very professional and nothing indicts you. And I think when I've been in those scenarios, I don't think I've always spoken up, but thankfully I have always found allies in the workplace who, you know, that one very outspoken white woman who, I don't know why she's so woke or woke, but she wants to say something like, that is not okay. I'm like, you tell her, Sally. 
Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think for me, what would I do? I would observe. Yeah, I know how I feel about keeping a paper trail, record what yes. you said, the date, exactly. the time, the context. Yep. Because people will be quick to say, I didn't say that. I didn't mean it that way. Well, yep. I could tell you exactly what you said because I wrote it down here. <laughs> right. Um, so observe, keep a track record. And then I'm trying to decide what I suggest first doing a one-on-one with them and pick up the phone. Do not send an email. Do not write it. Pick up the phone um, and speak with them. Or do I go to HR first and have HR kind of set a meeting between the three of us? Right. Yeah. I feel like, and it's so tough because like just getting out of grad school and it being your first job, you know, I feel like you don't want to, I don't want to say you don't want to be that person who's automatic. Like you just got here and you're already calling HR, but you got to do what you got to do. about something that's very important. Right. And racially insensitive comments and just anything that makes you uncomfortable in the workplace should you shouldn't have to like deal with it mm -hmm. just for the sake of dealing with it because you just got there. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like if it's going to impact your work and just you as a person making you feel uncomfortable, that's a problem. Yeah. I'm trying to think because that's just like so hard and so difficult. My model is you can say anything with a smile. So maybe when they say that racially insensitive comment and be, I don't know, for example, like what they can say, but if you retaliate with a smile, maybe they can, I honestly don't know. That's tough. Can we skip that one? That's hard. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, we did give like some good, like, like. Damn, Ken, what would I do? I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I think we did give some good beginner advice. Yeah. You know, like we didn't give like the, at the end of the day, like what should you do? Kind of like, here are a few steps that we would take. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, that's just a very like, if you can easily get into murky waters with that situation. Yeah. So yeah, the best thing to do in the beginning is just observe and keep a track record. And then maybe from there, as you continue to grow in your role, you'll find those allies, like Dana said, you'll get more comfortable. You'll feel like you have the space to, if it makes you uncomfortable in the beginning, maybe a few months in, you'll feel like you have the space to go ahead and um, speak to that person or share. Maybe you'll even feel a little bit more comfortable with that person to speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. depending on how it's addressed and depending on how the comments are, because like they're racially insensitive, but I don't know if they were like super rough. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, you know what I just thought about when what? we said allies, the first thing I thought about was allowing um, a white colleague to say something, but you can also reach out to a black colleague who has been at the company longer than you have and said, hey, this is what I noticed. What do you think? Have you seen it before? How would you deal with this? Because one, maybe they'll be able to better advise you because they understand the culture a bit more. They may have more respect among your peers. And if they've experienced it, they can give you real life advice that's effective. For sure. For sure. And I don't want to be that person to like, listen, at the end of the day, what I'm going to say is observe everyone first for a little bit. Yep. Because you want to make sure, irregardless, and I know I said it wrong, I'm joking, <laughs> irregardless of the fact, you want to make sure that people are on your side. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah observe it first and then you can go ahead and reach out to that person mm -hmm. regardless of skin color 
Well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, this is a little different, you know, but we were able to get into some, you know, interesting career focused yeah. topics for yeah. sure. And for some, we had off the gate answers. And for others, we're like, you know what? Catch us outside because we don't know right now. Okay, so let's get into revelations. Do you have any from any of these topics or this conversation that we've had? I do. My revelation is that it's a cold world. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is navigating adult relationships in a corporate place where it's not a personal relationship can be very difficult. So you really just have to always, always carry yourself professionally and make sure that you identify early on who you can trust in your career, because a lot of times you're going to need additional support. Um, and again, like Michelle said, it could be someone who looks like you or someone who doesn't, but you're going to need people in your career to make it far. No one has made it there by themselves because corporate America is just so nuanced. It's so difficult. So nuanced. Ugh. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually agree. And I feel like for me, it's like, just remember at the end of the day, like, you're at you're working for a reason yeah um whether it's a career that you absolutely love or one maybe that you're dealing with for a paycheck you want to make sure that while you're in that space you are the most comfortable i can't even say you're going to be 100 percent happy because work is work right sometimes it's going to be some days you're going to be like oh my gosh i love this other days you're like oh my gosh i hate this yeah. but regardless of how you navigate the space just make sure that you try to do it to the best of your abilities and like seek outside assistance. Um, be, I don't know, like watch different videos, be upfront. Like I, there's just so many different things that can go on in work, mm -hmm. especially when you're in corporate America and the best that you can navigate it for yourself. Just make sure you do that. No, I hear you. And you made me think of another thing when you said outside resources, when you go to your job, your job alone probably is not enough to sustain you. So you may want to join um, a resource group within your organization. You may want to join some kind of association, whether it's Bankers of America or HR association group so that you have people in your industry who may not just be in your company. Or it could be an internal organization where you make friends and you build connections with people outside of your department. That way, when your job, when your role is getting on your nerves, your manager is getting on your, your nerves, your, your closest colleagues are getting on your nerves, you have other people across the company or across the industry who you can rely on. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. I love that. I was actually thinking I wanted to join an organization like that. Like, it doesn't have to stop at college. Right. But I always forget. <laughs> we could talk about it offline girl corporate america like listen that's my cup of tea as much as i roll my eyes at it i feel like we can talk offline i got you <laughs> sounds good uh but thank you guys anyway for listening to this episode if you have any couch therapy questions if you like need advice from us whether like i said it's career life love any of the things, <laughs> all of things. any and all of the things and you can reach out to us via dm at ransomrevelations.tv on instagram or us personally as well and we look forward to recording our next episode and speaking to you guys soon bye guys bye